0: Let's enjoy this ongoing message by Sam at DME. So today we continue our discussions on the creative power of faith, the creative power of faith. Let's read Hebrews eleven verse three, New Living Translation. By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Okay, so I had a string of disappointments in the first quarter of 1994. Um, a string of disappointments. I applied you know, for a visa to travel out of Nigeria to a country in Europe. I was refused. And then, um, My pastor then said, oh, wow, it's okay. I'm traveling to uh, this West African country, uh, Cote d'Ivoire. It was Ivory Coast then. (laughs) He said, come along with me. I'm going to speak. And then it just so happened, something went wrong with the whole arrangement. And it happened that we missed our flight, you know, and, and... my brother and I were going on the trip and then we jumped on the next flight and as we arrived at Bijan, the capital of Côte d'Ivoire and we were walking on the tarmac, there was somebody holding a, pl- a, pl- a card and they wrote on it Adeyemis. <laughs> so we approached the person and the person said, oh, Adeyemis? We said, yes. He said, okay, please come with me. You will have to return to Lagos immediately because a telex message came from Nigeria that you should return with the next flight. So I, I make a joke of it, <laughs> that you know, we did not even get to immigration. Okay, so our passports were not even stamped, you know, that we landed in Cote d'Ivoire. So I have no proof. <laughs> right? As far as my passport is concerned, that I got to, got to Dubai and, and we returned and discovered there was just some issues around the whole trip anyway. And our pastor himself had not been able to fly. Anyway, then my pastor said, oh, don't worry, don't worry. Um, in a few weeks, I'll be going to Kenya so you guys can come along. By then, I was feeling distraught, like, what is this? You know, and it happened that we had to apply for the visa to Kenya. And then all of us who were to travel, I think five of us or so, we we applied. And then my form, my application form was returned that they did not approve, you know, my visa to Kenya. So if you were the one, what would you have done? Now this, three strikes, right? So it was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this, this is not getting funny anymore. What's going on? I mean, I can't go to Europe, even African countries, I can't go. No. <laughs> oh, well, we corrected whatever the problem was. We went to Kia, but I, I, was, I was angry, like we say, angry in the spirit. <laughs> so when I got back, and I, I, I spoke to Pastor Nikkei and said, You know what? We need to pray. We need to pray. I refuse to be limited. I refuse to have any bar placed over my head. I refuse to have any doors closed against me. I'm going to pray. So um, we, oh, we, went, we went to the beach, you know, in Lagos, <laughs> Lekki Beach on a Monday and prayed all day. We were fasting, (laughs) pray. And then honestly, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. You know, and basically he said, I should continue the prayer. (laughs) So I was then fasting every day for almost two weeks. And then I got the release to stop the fasting, but to continue the prayer, right? And it was three months later, okay? July 1994, that one morning I knew it, you know? Something dropped in my spirit and I knew it was God. And that one instruction that I got resulted in two organizations in 1995, Success Power International and Daystar Christian Center. Okay? I'm trying to say something, okay? The Holy Spirit is saying to us right now that the time of adversity is actually the time to unleash creativity. When it looks like everything is coming to an end, it's not everything that is coming to an end, it's a phase that is coming to an end, it's a season that is coming to an end. And with God, that also signifies a new beginning. And as as things are going on in our world right now, so much uncertainty, so much ambiguity, so much um, unpredictability, so much volatility, like we say, (laughs) okay, In, in, in management circles. The Holy Spirit says it is actually time for a new beginning. And just like it was right then, 94, 95, and whatever it was I was going through resulted in the founding of this dark Christian Center, resulted in the founding, you know, of success power. The Holy Spirit says we're in that kind of a season right now, hallelujah. I pray you will not miss this season in the name of Jesus Christ. To create is to bring something into existence. So I'm seeing new things. <laughs> to create is to bring something into existence. So I said, that 1994, this presence Center was not in existence at all. Success Power was not in existence at all, okay? So there are things, thank you, Jesus, that are about to come into manifestation now. Whoo, thank you, Lord. <laughs> are you as expectant as I am? that it's a new season, new things are coming. So I see new businesses. I see new ministries. I see new families. (laughs) I see new babies. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I see new relationships. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. New investments. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) New buildings, new properties. New, new, new. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In fact, I see new political systems, I see new economic systems, I see new social systems around our world in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, this is just a season for the new. It's a season for the new. So, you know, the question on my mind then is, how do we create? That's it. Because to create is to bring into existence something that never existed before. How do we create? Number one. Acknowledge that creativity is in your nature. It's not something you are looking for. It's in you already. Hallelujah. The capacity to bring into existence what has never existed before is part and parcel of your nature. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Look, even in man's falling state, That capacity to create is not completely destroyed. God. You you remember Genesis chapter one, verse one, the first four words in the Bible. In the beginning, God did what? Created. Now the word, Hebrew word translated God, there is Elohim, Elohim. You don't have another word for God until much later in the Bible. The word Elohim, you know, occurs 32 times in Genesis chapter one alone. And you know, that whole chapter was about creating, was about creating. The first introduction we have to God in the Bible is his creativity, his capacity to bring into existence things that have never existed before. Elohim is a description of his sovereignty. You don't say full stop until God puts a full stop. Nothing is in its final state until God says it is final. Did I hear you say amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What do I mean? God can never be stranded. Never, ever. Whatever it is that the world turns into, that people turn into, he can use whatever he has to create whatever he wants to have. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, whatever your circumstances may be right now, whatever may have happened to you, however bad they may have been, I declare they are raw materials for the making of a miracle. If you believe that, say amen. Mm. Your test just turned into a testimony. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lord. 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 So when the Bible tells us that God breathed, when God created man, in Genesis 2, and God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul. Genesis 2, 7. So what did God release into man? You know, what did God release? Because Genesis 1:26 says that God said, let us make man in our own image after our own likeness. Ah, so it's the Elohim dimension of God that he released into that body. I am saying that by nature, the nature you share with God, you have creative capacity. You have creative ability. You have the capacity to bring into existence things that never existed before. And I say, as proof, God only started creation. He did not finish it. He did the basic job, left the rest to us. If he had done everything, there would have been nothing for us to do. We are here to create. Hallelujah. We are here, not just to occupy space, but to create. (laughs) So he created the trees. He did not make furniture for Adam and Eve. He created cotton in the fields. He did not make any shirts for them, right? So he 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 created apples, right? But he did not make apple juice. Processing. Creativity, innovation, that's what we're here for. And that really is what determines our value. That's why in Genesis 1, 28, it says, and God blessed them, and to bless is to empower. And God empowered them and said, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, rule over it and have dominion. Be fruitful, do something with what I give you. (laughs) Don't leave anything in seed state, hallelujah. Cultivate them. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So, yes, yes, man sinned, yes, and the nature of God in him was corrupted, but I'm saying that that creativity is not dead, yeah? It can be limited. It can be frustrated. It can be misused against the purposes of God. But then 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? a new creature, all things have passed away, all things have become new. And I just came here to say today, that creative nature of God is restored in you. The day you accept forgiveness of sins through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. And the nature of sin is removed from you and God puts his own nature in there. Come on now, the capacity for creativity is is there. You are more loaded than you think you are. And I'm here today to say, in the mighty name of Jesus, you will never be stranded again the rest of your life. If you believe that, say a powerful amen. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Stay with me: I will never be stranded again the rest of my life. Adversity will only unleash my creativity. Say a powerful amen if you believe that. Thank you, Jesus. I wish I could explain what I am seeing, but it's huge. It's not only at an individual level, I'm seeing it at a family level, I'm seeing it at an organizational level, I'm seeing it at national levels. Hallelujah. Number two, how do we create? Number two, access the raw materials for creation, access the raw materials for creation. So I take us back to our foundation scriptures, Hebrews eleven three. New Living Translation says by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Let me read it from, uh, Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. The TPT. Thank you, Jesus. The Passion Translation. Hebrews eleven three. Faith empowers us to see the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke, and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Hallelujah. The entire universe was created beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. The King James Version says so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So the raw materials with which God created our material world, our tangible world were intangible, invisible raw materials. This is critical. Why do I need to emphasize this? Some of us are shortchanged at the cultural level. Shortchanged at the cultural level. If you evolve from a culture that does not value thoughts, that does not value ideas, and that does not value principles, you're in trouble. The intangible, the invisible, controls the tangible and the visible. My finances change, for example, when I discovered that being rich and being poor are just two states of the mind. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, that the major difference between the rich and the poor is the way they think, 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 think. So with that, I just knew how to get my life to be better and better and better and better just to make sure that I continue to change my thinking, right? so ideas thoughts concepts pictures designs that are transferred from the heart of god into your heart those are the raw materials with which you create on this planet at a basic level just look at everything that has value around you right now anything that has value in this world from the pain to the aircraft, to the jumbo jet, the ship, and spacecraft. Everything existed first as ideas in people's minds before they were created. So if you're not part of the game of using your imagination to rearrange, arrange, and then to even imagine things that never existed before, or should I say to capture them, you are out of the game so with all you're getting get revelation ah invest effort into getting revelation invest time into getting revelation rearrange your priorities as a human being to provide for the getting of revelation now we've been discussing that you know through this series so if you haven't <laughs> yet, you may want to listen to those messages if you haven't, or to listen to them again. When you pray, you, you get a revelation. That's what it's about. Prayer opens your inner eyes. Jeremiah 33, verse 3, call unto me. I will ask, answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. Okay? Prayer. Because you want to hear from God. You want to get a revelation. Meditation. Meditation. In the word of God, Joshua chapter one, verse eight, this book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. If you invest time in meditation, you will be capturing things from the spirit realm and translating them into the physical. Psalm one and verse two, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. That he may, he says, in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that brings forth his fruit in the season. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that what we're talking about? He invests his time meditating in the word of God day and night. Now, I think that's where the biggest challenge of our generation is because there is information overload. There is information overload. Mark chapter 1, verse 35 says that a great while before day, Jesus woke up, went to a place, a deserted place, and there he prayed quietness, solitude. We thank God for technology, but then it has increased the volume of what you see and what you hear. And Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or by the word that is preached. So we need to invest time listening to inspired messages, meditating in the word of God, reading books. It's an investment. It's cheaper and easier to be consuming everything that is there. And there's so much these days. And honestly, the things we experience day to day in the physical realm, they have the tendency to swamp what we're hearing in our spirits. <laughs> and what you hear in your spirit, thoughts, ideas, concepts, honestly, they, 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 they can be fleeting. They can be fleeting. You just be, they can be slight like that. And you've got to pay attention to those times when those words come. I, I usually share, You know, with other church leaders, how January 2001, I was asking the Holy Spirit a question. Our church was about 2,000 in attendance, and the question was, Lord, how do we take the attendance from 2,000 to 5,000? I did not get an instant answer. I wrote it, you know, in my notebook, you know, so the Holy Spirit could read it and, and answer me when it was ready. First Sunday, March 2001, I was in the bathroom, in the shower, when... You know, it was a spontaneous thought with time. If you put my wife in another room, there is no way, and 20 people are speaking there, I will pick out her voice. We've been together too long. When you've been together with God like that, you know when a thought or idea is from God. Spontaneous thought. The only thing is the idea was so crazy, I, I, I just threw it out instantly. Organize your Sunday service as if you are preparing for a party. I said, what? I'm talking about a worship service. How, how, is, this a, is this the devil or what? Party? A social party? What correlation does a Sunday service have, have with the party? So that's how I dumped it. But it was on my mind all through the week. I just could not progress beyond that point. You know the amazing thing? The following Sunday, same spot, bathroom, shower. The thing came, boom, like that in my spirit. You know, spontaneous thought. So I said, wait, 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 wait. Ah, <laughs> this is strange. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. Okay, so what if this was from God? Okay, if I wanted to organize a party, what would I do? I said, oh, I will rent tents, we call them canopies. You know, I will rent tents and I will rent chairs. And instantly, you know, I just had in my spirit exactly. Make sure this church is very comfortable for people to attend. I said, ah, I said, I'll cook food. Say, said, exactly, that's the word. Make sure you get fresh revelation to serve the people. I said, what? I'll provide good music. He said, that's it. That's worship. Make sure there's good quality worship. <laughs> By then, my head was in the tumult. And then a question was popped to me. So what if you cooked all that food and you forgot to invite people? I said, well, I'll have to eat the food myself. I said, Exactly compel them to come and drag people into the church." oh, wow. okay, so while they're around, what would you do? I said, I'll go from table to table and say, thank you for coming, thank you for coming. He said, exactly. So who said you pastors must sit down while the service is going on? I said, well, that's how we met it. He said, look, guys, stand up. Tell your pastors to stand up. You guys move around. Make sure everybody is properly taken care of during the service. I said, okay. So after they have left, what would you do? I said, I'll pick the phone and call them and say, thank you for coming. He said, exactly, go hard after people after they visited. It's rude to not say thank you for coming. Okay, now. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, oh, well, uh, long and short of it. Four months later, we had more than doubled. It, it, it's the way it works. So I'm just saying, whatever it takes, get revelation. That's the second point, right? And then the third and final one for today, because we're almost out of time. The third and final one for today. How do we create Say what God said. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) We just said now, you you have to do everything you can to hear from God, right? Get a revelation from God. Okay, fine. After you have gotten the revelation, what do you do? If you understand the value of what you got from God, use it. You remember Genesis chapter 1? And God did what said. Let there be light and there was light. Ha. Ah. <laughs> Woo! There is creative power in words. John chapter 6 verse 63 Jesus said the words that I he said the flesh profits nothing. The human body profits nothing. It is the spirit that gives life. The words that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life. In other words, there is life force. Life force in every word that comes from God. Words are powerful. In the parable of the sower, Jesus said, the sower sows the word. And you know how seeds work. That when they have been sown in the soil, and Jesus in the parable describes the soil as the human heart. They take on a life of their own and bring into existence a plant that never existed before. That's what we're talking about. That if you take what God said and apply it, you will see new things. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You will see new things. John chapter 1, verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Talking about Jesus, it was revelation that became Jesus in Mary's womb. Hallelujah. And the message Bible says, and the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Oh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Some new things are moving into your neighborhood. (laughs) Woo! Thank you, Lord. Okay, so, this is powerful. And it's, you say, well, what's the big deal about, about this big deal? Because acting in faith can be risky. I mean, saying what God said, Can be risky. Why? Remember Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. The earth was without form and void, darkness covered everywhere. And God said, Let there be light. He was talking about light when there was darkness. That's where the risk is. If nobody is there, good for you. But if you are going to be saying what God said in the presence of other people, you had better get ready. It's going to be a battle you will need to sound stupid before people sometimes. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Mm. Romans chapter four, as we round up, Romans chapter four, verses 16 to 19, New King James Version. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace. When you operate in faith, the grace of God comes in power beyond your ability. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Pay attention here to what's in bracket, as it is written, "I have made you a father of many nations." That's the core. I want you to pay attention to. That's the revelation. In the presence of Him whom He believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Put a pause there. If you're going to operate in faith, this has got to be your lifestyle. Calling things that you cannot see yet as though they exist, because they do. It's just that they do not exist yet in the physical realm, but they already exist. They've been created because God said them. The moment God said to Abraham, You are father of many nations, he became father of many nations. Whenever The reason why God cannot lie is whenever he says anything, that thing exists. I understand that when he said, let there be light, you know, it literally from the Hebrew, he, was, he said, light be, <laughs> light exists. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, there's someone listening to me right now. I call you what God called Abraham. You're father of many nations. It's a lie of the devil that you're not having a baby. I call you father of many nations. I call you mother of many nations, in the name of Jesus Christ, okay? Do you remember that God changed Abraham's name and changed Sarah's name? Got them to call each other differently. Abraham, father of many nations. Thank you, Jesus. Align what you call yourself with what God said. Stop calling yourself what they call you in the office. I don't care what title they give you. I don't care what, what your experiences have been. Our world has a way of labeling people by their problems or challenges. The blind man in the Bible called Bartimaeus, we're still calling him blind Bartimaeus over 2,000 years You know, since his eyes were opened. For God's sake, we're still calling him blind Bartimaeus. That's our world, labeling by mistakes, labeling by circumstances. We reject it in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, if you're going to call yourself what God called you, get ready to be ridiculed. Because I can just imagine, you know, Sarah calling Abraham, father of many nations, a man who was in his 90s and had not been able to produce the child that God promised. Yes, he got one other one, but he had not been able to produce the one that God promised. And you're you're calling him father of many nations, father of many nations, father of many nations. God had to change their language. And I'm saying to someone here today, if you're going to see something new, if you're going to see the creative power of God in operation, change your language. I had to many years ago. I had to jobless graduate and everything looking bleak. And God showed me the place to start was get a revelation, change what you're saying. So I remember when I began to tell people, I am not a local champion. I'm a global champion, I'm a world champion. I'm going to the world. It sounded very ridiculous, but I knew my destiny was at stake. It was either I was going to impress people and keep quiet, right? <laughs> keep quiet. If Some of us were in places where they're having conversations, what they're saying is negative, and we're nodding our heads and saying, it's true, it's true. Everywhere is haywire. The whole country is going to scatter. Da, 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 da. It's true. It's true. And we're positioning ourselves within those circumstances. It's not okay. The principle doesn't work like that. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. So someone say with me, in the mighty name of Jesus, I'm a child of God. My eyes are open. My ears are open. I see and I hear from God. Whatever God shows me, That is my reality. If you believe that, say a powerful amen. You know, I have a cousin. They were trusting God for a child. They had some delay for some years. And he said one day he traveled. He traveled was somewhere. He was in the hotel. And he just dropped in his spirit. Just dropped in his spirit that his wife was pregnant. And he called his wife on phone and said, you are pregnant. (laughs) His wife said, I know you joke a lot. That's what you're doing, right? That's what you're doing, right? You're joking, right? He said, I'm not joking. I said, you are pregnant. The next time, you know, she, she began to feel funny. She went to the hospital. They confirmed. And she had a baby, the first one. They had a second one. I prophesy on you in the mighty name of Jesus. Whatever has constituted, you know, a challenge. I declare now, your revelation is coming through. This is your season of new beginnings. It's your season of miracles. I mean, I was was speaking somewhere, you know, last week, and after the service, a lady walked up to me and said, I want to share a testimony with you. Something happened, she said, 15 years ago. Their son was seven years old, and he's now 22. 15 years ago. They woke up sunday morning in lagos Mm. their church had a special program and it was a long distance they could not go and then she wanted to stay home and their seven-year-old son said mommy we're not staying home we're not staying home today is sunday we need to Mm. go to church (laughs) so they had to check okay which church is not far from us and then it was Daystar that came to them they came to church and she said that during the message I asked everybody to hold hands and to pray, prophesy on one another. She said she had pile. It's a bad issue, you know, that affects the, the anus or the rectum. And she was being advised to go for surgery. And then she knew someone that did surgery and the surgery made the situation worse. And they were wondering what to do. She just said to her surprise, she just found out, She could not feel the pile anymore. The first day, the second day, the third day after she came for the service. Thank you, Lord Jesus. She said, it's been 15 years now. I have never seen the pile again. Oh my God, I was just so excited and thanking God and thanking God. Why? Because in the service, I did not speak my own words. I spoke God's words. I prophesy over you right now in the name of Jesus, the God that told me this is a season for new beginnings, I prophesy in Jesus' name. Your life is filled with new things, new miracles, new testimonies from this moment in the mighty name of Jesus. The next week, the next one week, the next one month, the next one year, the next one decade. We'll bat new things. We'll see the bathing of new things in your life. If you believe that, say a powerful amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father in Jesus' name, I've spoken your words, and I receive over everyone that is a part of this service. Open heavens, new beginnings. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. So if, if you're that person who says, but my relationship is not even okay with God, how do I even hear from God? Can you put your hand on your heart where you are? We're going to pray right now to receive forgiveness of sins. Can you put your hand on your heart? God bless you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray with everyone right now that wants to receive forgiveness of sins. And I ask you to remember the price that Jesus paid on the cross of Calvary and answer their prayers. So if you are saying the prayer, please say this after me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus paid for my sins. I ask you to forgive me and to accept me as your child in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you because we know there's a miracle right now, a miracle. And the Holy Spirit removes the nature of sin from them and puts your own nature in them. We just thank you for that miracle of change. Help them to keep it. Help them to know you the rest of their lives in Jesus' name. Amen.